0: Welcome to the Do Zone, where entrepreneurs go to get things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. You can find me on all social media at JT, literally. Each week, I bring on experts from a variety of backgrounds to share their secrets on how to optimize performance so you can take massive action and crush your goals. If you want help to bring in quick cash and wins for your business in as little as the next seven days, I'm going to give you a simple framework that has worked for me and my clients time and time again, at no cost to you. Go to factor1.io. Now and enter your email for immediate access. Once again, that's factor1.io. Today's guest is Chris Massa. Chris Massa boasts over a decade of strategic collaboration with entrepreneurs, offering invaluable expertise in managing financial data via his bespoke approach to a finance department on demand. Now, as chief strategy officer of Graphite, he's channeling his wealth of knowledge to empower burgeoning businesses by providing the financial services they need without the overhead operational costs helping them stay ahead of the curve. Chris, welcome to the Do Zone. Tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of.
1: Hey Josh, great to be here. Appreciate you having me on. I would say the number one thing for me is and, and something I I live by is if it's not scheduled, it doesn't get done. So if you look at my calendar on any given day, every single block of time, every 15 minute, every 20 minute block is accounted for. Even things that are non-meetings, non-calls, non me doing something with somebody else. If I've got something to do, I put it on the calendar. In fact, I actually spend time the day before making sure that there are no available slots on my calendar at all, so nobody else can control my time. Because if you work in any organization, you know that people can see your calendar, things like that, people just put meetings on. Uh, I you know, I leave like maybe thirty to 45 minutes a day for that to be a, a good corporate citizen. Um, but other than that, if you don't control your time, you're you're just never gonna get anything real meaningful done.
0: Well said, and uh, there's 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 two comments that I can make about that. First of all, uh, yeah, same same thing here. Uh, I, I literally have to schedule a phone call with my daughter. Uh, I have to schedule dates. Uh, my mom's birthday is coming up, and I had to put that on the calendar so that I don't miss dinner. <laughs> uh, and 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 here's the trick: and you just you just nailed it. When you send out a Calendly link, I love Calendly. Calendly is awesome. But when you send out a Calendly link, you are handing over control of your calendar to whoever has that link. Uh, and as difficult as it is. And as manual and how much extra work it is, checking and confirming that somebody else deciding that they want to book a call at this time and saying, hey, that's okay." that keeps you in control of the situation and also keeps you in control of your own time. I have a VA who's like, can we just send the link? No. Confirm the time, make sure that it works, and then we'll book. And that's one of the hardest things for us to do because there's so much technology and automation. We want to automate it, but then we lose control. We are always giving something up.
1: And you give up more than your time too. Like I mean, anybody that has ever kind of read deeply about productivity and time management, you know that it's not simply, if I've got a meeting from 12 to 1230, I can immediately go do something different at 1230 to one. There's ramp down time, ramp up time. And so if you're just sort of back to back on things that are disconnected and not doing sort of the same thing for say two hours at a stretch- your productivity is massively lower than somebody that can really sit down and and do some deep work. Um, and I used to kind of be frenetic about that. I didn't, you know, early in my entrepreneurial journey, you know, you never want to say no. You never want to. You never want to miss an opportunity. There's like massive FOMO of like, hey, if I don't say yes, somebody else might never come around and want to buy the thing that I'm selling. So you say yes to everything. And at the end of the day, you just feel super frazzled and feel like you didn't really get anything meaningful done. And so it's taken me a long time to learn that, but um, it's made a big difference.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that I'd love to hear from you about. And uh, I know that you talk about uh, many different topics. One of them is about a successful acquisition, and another one is about, the entrepreneur marathon. And and I want to talk about, you have a three-step action plan for successful acquisition. Now, uh, first and foremost, can we set the stage? Is this for me as an entrepreneur acquiring a company, or is it for me as an entrepreneur selling my company and becoming acquired?
1: Yeah. So I've mostly been on the latter side. So I've sold two companies um, most recently in 2023. So I'm kind of newly out of the last one. And you know, Graphite actually acquired my company. Graphite Financial acquired the company that I had started before that. Um, and so just went through this process again. But um most of what most of my experience has been on being being sold or building something to sell versus acquiring somebody else's
0: baby. Awesome. And so what yeah. are you have a kind of a three-step action plan for that? So if somebody's considering selling their company in the next few years. Walk us through those three steps so that we understand what they are and how we can prepare.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's for me and, and, you know, the three steps, some of them were things that were planned for and some of them were things as I look back, I'm like, oh, I'm really glad we did that thing. So one of them is if you think you're going to run, if you think the company that you're running or part of is something that somebody may want to buy make it ready to buy tomorrow. Even if you have no intention to sell for five years, like build the right systems and processes now so that when somebody comes and says, hey, I'm interested in that business, your diligence is already ready to go. Like you're doing it on a regular basis. You don't have to go back and create, you know, a year, two year, three years worth of financial statements or diligence files that somebody may want to look at because nothing slows a deal down more than having to go back and create a bunch of history. So when I was running my company, before I moved over to Graphite, like we were sort of built from the beginning to be something that somebody would hopefully one day want to acquire. Now I didn't know when that was going to be. And there were times when we wouldn't have been ready to do that um, as a business, or we wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been the ideal time, but we were always ready from an infrastructure standpoint because we always kept really good books and records. We knew exactly what our numbers are. We could, you know, sort of flip that into a diligence process at any point in time. So always be sort of prepped to sell. I think always understand too, like I always, this is probably number two. I always used to talk to a couple of mentors of mine and ask them, if you were going to buy my business, what questions would you have, right? Like I want to know before the actual buyer comes in, like where are they going to push? Like what's going to be interesting to them? And what are they going to say? That feels like a weakness. Why should I be interested in that thing? Or how do you solve for that? And so I had a lot of those answers ready to go. Or at least I had the beginnings of the answers. I knew what the weaknesses in the business. I knew what somebody else would look at and say, that thing is a B plus, it's not an A. So talk me through how you're going to get that from a B plus to an A. Because I sort of forced other people to sort of put me in that position even before we were we were ready to go. And I think the third thing was really to understand-
0: and, and what, Before you get into that third thing, yeah, I, I think yeah. you said something really important here because a lot of times whatever we're building it's like our baby you know and it's like oh man this everything's perfect everything's right and we're right. building our baby and we're looking at our baby like this is a beautiful baby i love it and then we go out into the world with our complete baby and we're like don't you want our baby and everybody's right. like dude that baby's ugly you know like <laughs> that's right you need to comb its hair you need to put some more diapers on it like right go ahead and do that before it's formed Go ahead and do that before it's ready, because what you think is important is not what somebody else thinks is important. And and right. I, I I've been learning that. I've been I've been running some some paid ads for a new offer that I'm doing, and I've got like fifteen different uh, ad creatives. And I'm like, oh man, this one's gonna slay. And the one that's slaying is like the one that's like all chopped and like like cut off the image a little bit right. and, it's, and it's backwards and it's like, everybody loves that one. I'm like, this is my <laughs> ugly baby. Why don't you like right. that one?
1: <laughs> I know that's what a marketer would say. That's why we do AB testing, right? Cause we don't know what's going to hit. Right. So I, I agree with you. I think really having that kind of market feedback before you actually, before it matters and with some friendlies too, like with either a mentor or a peer or a colleague or something. Um, the third thing I would say is, be able to prove that the business can run without you because businesses that are founder dependent are generally much riskier to a potential acquirer than businesses that have built a system or a or a flywheel that can spin without the founder or without the, C, the current CEO. That doesn't mean there's not maybe some transition pain if that person left, but being able to sell that as a value and not having kind of walking back the ego of hey look at this thing that i built and it's an it's a it's a, an extension of me as a human and you know if you're buying it you're buying me that's very risky for a buyer so you know i think you got to take the opposite approach and say we built a really impressive system here that knows how to build something get a customer sell that customer the thing that we built and then keep that customer over the long term and if i leave tomorrow There'll be very little disruption to the business because that flywheel is going to keep spinning. That's a much more sellable story, um, but it requires that to be true because a sophisticated investor will poke in the right spots and say, well, but you're involved in every aspect of the business. Like you sell all the things, you build all the things, and then you service the customer. So how can that possibly be true? So you've got to build the flywheel for it to actually be true. But that premise of building something that can live without you, I think is really important
0: yeah, solid. And uh, just really quick, I, I know one of the things that you talk about is this really is a marathon. It's not a sprint. As entrepreneurs, I know we tend to want to just run as fast as we can until we hit a wall. Uh, but that's not necessarily the best way to grow your business. And so could you just very briefly walk through the idea of treating treating this entire thing like a marathon, not like a sprint?
1: It's the worst way to run a business, actually. like if if you' if you're running the business that way, not only are you going to run out of gas, but you're gonna it's not you're not going to spend money very efficiently. You're not going to deploy capital very efficiently. So, you know, I know you're a big quote guy, Josh. So I'll I'll share, I'll share one for that, that's always been sort of meaningful to me. Um, people very much overestimate what they can do in a day and underestimate what they can do in a year, right? And so when you start thinking about things over a much longer time horizon, and you and you really think about the small incremental things you can do every day to build to that longer term goal it's a far easier and much more enjoyable process in getting there than always feeling like you're sprinting towards something. And so, you know, I'm a long time runner. I've been running for 25 years, you know, used to run competitively. I still run, you know, a bunch of races every year. And one of the things that you learn in running is this concept of run your race. Um, Don't, like you're going to start next to a whole bunch of people in the New York City Marathon, right? Don't run anyone else's race. Don't let anyone else set your pace. Run your race. You got to be aware of others around you. So if you think about running a business, you got to be aware of what your competitors are doing, what your customers care about at any moment in time, that may shift. Um, You certainly have to be aware of employee sentiment and all the other things that surround a business. But you've got to set the agenda for what's right for that business at that moment in time. You can't let all that noise set your priorities. You've got to run your race um, and be aware of those things and be ready to pivot. But always know that like you've got a set of assets as a business owner, as an entrepreneur that you can bring to bear. Use those things and, and stay on track and think about what you can accomplish over a longer period.
0: Smart and strong. And, and yeah, I'm familiar with that quote. Uh, it, it's, it's attributed to many different people, Bill Gates, uh, Steve jobs and all kinds of different people have kind of been attached to that. But regardless of who said it, it makes a lot of sense. And it's kind of how we're wired as, as human beings, like we're confident I can get a lot done, but I don't, it's harder for me to think about the longer term. And so if we can kind of rewire our brains to look a little bit farther out, then uh, we're able to be more successful that way.
1: It also yeah. dials down the pressure every day. Right. Like if, if the pressure every day is I've got to go out and I've got to be marathon ready in two months, that's a lot of pressure. If the pressure is I've got to go out and run two miles today and two and a half miles tomorrow and maybe two and a half miles for the next week, but then I'm going to bump up to three and then four, like that feels much more manageable. I can accomplish those small things in route to maybe an eight month. Trajectory right to running that marathon. So, you know, it 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 creates a set of bite sized, I think, goals that make you feel accomplished every day, even though you're moving towards the same endpoint.
0: Chris, tell us what you're working on now and where we can learn more about you.
1: Yeah, sure. So, like you said, uh, chief strategy officer at Graphite Financial, we're essentially um, a finance department as a service for early stage venture backed companies. So companies. Uh, that are growing very quickly and are pivoting, you know, what their financial needs are. They're always in the fundraising space. We can come in and basically give them a world-class finance and accounting operation. Uh, We do it very scalably. We do it across the board. So it's graphitefinancial.com slash podcast. You can learn more about us. I think we've got an offer on there for for your listeners, Josh, but uh, um, I'm really, I'm part of the leadership team there. I work with our investors pretty closely. We're looking to build a very big platform for, our customers to continue to expand those service offerings. So super excited to be doing that.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, we're going to wrap up from here. Thanks so much to our guest, Chris Massa, for coming on and sharing a little bit of wisdom, not only about how he gets stuff done, but about how to get your business acquired in three simple steps. For those of you who want to connect with him, you can go to graphitefinancial.com. And uh, whether you're on your morning commute in the gym or somewhere out in the field, snap a selfie, tag me at JT, literally. Show me what you do while you're in the do zone. And one more time, if you need a quick injection of cash into your business right now, I've got a free gift for you. Just go to factor1.io, enter your email, and I'll give you immediate access. Know this, you are factor one for your own success. Now let's get to work. Hey, thanks for listening to the Do Zone podcast. If you're running a service based business that's looking to grow this year, let's talk about how we can slingshot you into momentum with a quick injection of cash and sales. Our clients typically see results in as little as seven days. To learn more about what we do, you could go to factor1.io. Once again, that's factor1.io. We'll see you next time.